Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Really Truly Music Podcast. My name is Ricky and with me I've got Kyle. Hello Kyle. Hello, hi. And Dan. Hey, how's it going? Now go! In terms of what we're planning to do with the podcast, I guess we should talk about our sort of approach to it without going into too much detail all three of us have had some sort of experience working with music to some degree although we're by no means experts would you agree with that yeah i'd say i've kind of casually delved into music in various degrees like performance wise and recording wise um never really kind of went 110 percent into it but i'd say i'm kind of a jack of all trades in terms of music Mm. Yeah, I would agree with Kyle on that. It's fitting yeah, very well. Yeah. I've I have, but I suppose I work at a company that deals with ticketing, so I've got some knowledge, you know, about sort of the live music industry and what promoters are up to and all that. So, and then obviously the way I met you, Ricky, was at was at university where we did the, a music yeah. production course many moons ago. So many moons ago, it's uh. Yeah. You know, and a lot of that knowledge, I guess, we've learned has done us in good stead. You know, since so yeah, yeah to 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 echo Kyle, yeah, so kind of like a jack of all trades, but without being a super specialist in any sort of division. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the same. Really, I mean, I've uh, as I said, as Dan said, we we did a production course, and then I've worked at a studio, but not actually doing much music. I've been doing video mainly. And I've sort of gone into the video side of things, um, although I still dabble in a little bit of uh, music work for other people, but mainly video. And then obviously I, when I do get the time, I like to try and work on my own stuff, but that doesn't always go as planned. Um, but yeah, so I guess we're all, we're all um, you know, this is just a, a genuine interest of all of us and hopefully we'll be able to discuss a wide range of topics from just our perspective. Absolutely. What have we all been listening to uh, recently? Anyone want to go first? Yeah, sure. I've um, personally been on a bit of a binge. Um, quite like Spotify in the sense where occasionally um, when you go through the, you know, the, the kind of recommended playlists, like the new new releases, and there's another one, can't quite remember the name of um, but it's provided me with some absolute gems. You know when you come across one song and you're like, man, that's that's ab- ab- absolutely fine. Like Which the, in this case... Is that the sorry, recommended on. one? Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I recently come across a band called Orchards. I think they're like a British uh, female-led. Yeah, yeah kind of like, kind of a little bit kind of math-rocky, dancey kind of vibes to it. Yeah, um, I think my old um, my old colleague showed me them. They're actually, they're, they're pretty good. Yeah, and no, I kind of went on the kind of, the first thing I do when I think, man, this is this, this is great. I'll check out a few of the other tracks and then I normally go to go to Song Radio. Oh, yeah. So then providing similar kind of things and then yeah, they found another band called Delta Sleep, which I've never heard of. Quite surprised because they're like right on my street. Um, I'll put one of the tracks in the playlist. I have only recently just chucked them in by the way, so you might have had a chance to listen to them yet. Um, but yeah, same same kind of vibes, that kind of like dancey tempo, you know, that, like 130 BPM with like the uh, like the math rock guitar and the yeah. shouty vocals. It's like, yeah, it's got like the whole package for me. It's a bit like um, that band Meat Math. They're really I haven't actually anyway, heard those guys. Oh, okay. I think they've gone a little bit more mainstream with their newest stuff, but I think it might be their first album. 
uh, had some really good songs on it. I've, I don't know them that well, to be honest, but... Um, yeah, no, to be fair, yeah. that's the first time I've, I've said their names or thought about them for about 11 <laughs> years. But it just, it, just remind, it just reminded me of that a little bit, that description. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, That's Carl. cool. Is Spotify like your main way of finding new music? For me, personally, yes. Uh, yeah. I think back in the day it was YouTube. You know, you kind of go, you find a song that you sort of liked and then YouTube recommendations would just take you on a... A, a journey through into yep. like the, the depths of just like what what am I listening to now this is amazing um but yeah no I think uh Spotify and Tidal as well is really is, is a really good yeah, platform I never tried Tidal Spotify is massive for me I used to back in like 2009 2010 which I think is where I really sort of started to define what I listened to I think before then I was always like yeah this is all right and then I found the music I actually liked and I was like yep yeah, this is what I like um, but I use Last FM a fair bit. Have you ever uh, used that? You know what? I never have. I always see it, and I'm always yeah, like, I just, "Oh, I should check that out one day." And I, for about I, ten years, what? I haven't. <laughs> I think now it's probably a bit redundant. But back then, uh, it was it was, it basically did what Spotify Radio does now. I don't think it was that existed on Spotify at that point. Oh. So yeah, I found so many bands just clicking on the radio and, and playing them. Yeah, and they were normally pretty accurate in terms of related artists. But yeah, I wouldn't recommend using it now. But yeah. <laughs> no, Spotify fair. is is um is yeah, the one for me as well. I don't know about you guys, but have you do you ever have that thing where you find as you said, Carl, you find like a you know, it your weekly playlist sort of churns yeah. up like a, a absolute gem of a track and it gets your hopes up and then you go to view <laughs> that band or artist other stuff and for some reason it's just all crap in comparison yeah. to that one tune that, that that you absolutely love yeah I'd, I'd say like nine nine out of ten times i think <laughs> it's great you're like i can't wait to hear the rest of this band stuff and then you just like did, did someone else come in and write this yeah. like yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's too good like i wonder if all there any of their other songs are on anyone else's playlist you know i think um i know we've gone completely off topic of what we're listening to but in terms of when it comes to list finding new music i think i've actually got a lot more relaxed over the years um as for what i enjoy listening to because i think i've kind of exhausted a lot of the genres that i like i mean uh, this is just from my point of view i could be completely wrong i could be missing out on some massive gems but like i almost feel as though now i need to branch out and find other genres and sort of not adapt because obviously i still like them but you know i mean be a bit more relaxed and not sort of pigeonhole each artist and just be like yeah, yeah i like this for what it is because um like i used to be really picky on vocals for example like if if the vocals weren't quite right like not not like pitch wise or anything but just the tone of their voice like that would just completely turn me off but like i know what you mean now i'm so much more like open to it like i was listening to elbow the other day and like that's something i would have never have even like considered before but like just as an example um was it was it um what's his name guy garvey was it his voice that you it's hard to explain but I, it would have put me off a little bit i think and yeah. I, his voice is absolutely fine like i like his voice now but i think i've just relaxed i'm i'm no longer like no it has to be this way if you know what i mean yeah no 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 that's good that's, and that is the one thing i suppose that streaming services and the way in which we digest and ingest music has has done you know a lot everyone has a lot more of it well not everyone but 
a lot more people have a more eclectic taste yeah. compared to maybe yeah. what they had, you know, 10 years ago. Definitely, um, yeah. Because yeah. before it would be just whack on a CD or, you know, listen to some artists on iTunes. But now it's mm-hmm. kind of like you have a playlist, which is so easy to make, obviously, that you've got like a bunch of like hip hop, electro, electronic music, rock, metal, like Definitely. all in one. And then, and then what I love is seeing what Spotify tries to suggest to me based on the playlist. <laughs> just mad free for all land. Yeah, it's good. Definitely. But yeah, yeah, what have you been listening to, Dan? Um, to be honest with you, so uh, Hannah, my girlfriend, and I, we've actually been li- uh, watching uh, the show Ashes to Ashes. On, oh yeah, which was yeah. that eight like eighties cop drama for, like that came out about ten years ago. The soundtrack is absolutely amazing because it has just hidden gems of the eighties in there. Um, so I guess what I've been listening to a lot recently is just sort of eighties stuff. So like I w- really got into the album "Hunting High and Low" by Aha. Um, okay, obviously, yeah. "Take on Me" is what, what they're known for, and it is an yeah. absolute banger. But if you if you actually listen to Hunting High and Low, they're an incredibly amazing band. But yeah, it's just the production of their of their songs was just way ahead of its time. Um, and yeah, so I suppose Aha, uh, Tears for Fears, I've I've listened to a lot recently, and even like tunes by Flock of Seagulls, um, who are, they're, they're known for like a couple of famous tunes. But there's some hidden gems of theirs that. Have, have cropped up so yeah i've just gone on a massive 80s binge basically it's so many so many artists i can't even think of one right now to be honest um and then secondary to that i've been listening to a lot of doves recently um because they're a band that were on a hiatus for over 10 years uh their last album came out in 2009 so i've been really excited listening to their new singles and i just can't wait for their new album to come out so yeah just that's cool. 80s and doves yeah, yeah. No, that's cool um just to make it clear we've got a little playlist going between the three of us we only made it today so it's sort of very early days but um i noticed you'd added a few quite a few 80s songs uh to it tears of fears flock of seagulls well, yeah mate yeah. all over that <laughs> but it's such a nostalgic sound without me even hearing it before and i, I wasn't even born in the 80s but i don't know it's just I think it's just because obviously my, my, my dad is a big sort of 80s um, fan and especially the sort of synth-based stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's like I've heard it before, but I haven't. But at the same time, like that Tears for Fears, I can't, sorry, I've forgotten the... Um, what, the um, Badman song? song. Oh, bad, yeah, yeah, Badman song. Um, like, it's so ridiculously over the top. <laughs> That you just could not get away with that today. I know, at I all. know. And yet they just the album, yeah. um, the seeds of love that that song that al- that song comes from, um, allegedly cost over one million pounds to make because really? it, it was recorded over like five years. Um, yeah. Like because originally Tears of Fears that their their last the, their previous two albums were very much like sequence based, like a lot more kind of rigid sort of song structures. And I think there was just like creative differences because they didn't want to repeat themselves. So they had all this stuff that they recorded that they, I think they just threw in the bin basically. And then yeah. they went, so as you heard, heard, probably heard on that, that Badman's song, 
it's really sort of jammy and you can just tell that they're just pissing about in the studio and it's got a live drummer which i think was the first time they had a live drummer record on any of their tunes up until then that's cool um yeah. but yeah fantastic that's mad it's mad i find of a lot of 80s stuff i'm really kind of there's some songs that i think man these are absolute bangers and then you get into parts of a song that you don't remember and you think man these are like like some parts of some songs you think man like you could put that in a track now and don't want to be able to tell the difference mm. and then like um let's go with uh all the all, all the 80 songs all the 80 <laughs> songs i don't know say um the band who did the song i don't like cricket oh met uh not men at, <sighs> men at work is um, it yeah is it men at work quick google I, I, yeah google <laughs> it mate um, yeah, yeah quicker uh 10 cc 10 cc oh yes. yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. 10 so 10 cc that that 10 cc song i'm not in love right oh yeah the one that, that was kind at the start of, the whole intro the whole build up yeah 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 you know. um <laughs> like that that is like i it just it just makes me feel things uh, and then it like kicks in and i'm just like ah and it's ruined <laughs> i mean in in my opinion no, kind of no, just, no. It's, such, it's such like a juxtaposition to like how it kind of builds up kyle um, i couldn't agree more about that song specifically with you <laughs> yeah. the start of that song is incredible incredible it, it, yeah it and is. then it, it doesn't get for me it doesn't get worse it just peters out like yeah, yeah, there's such kind of, a like epic a, build up and you're like this is just insanely beautiful and then that section of the song kind of finishes and goes into something yeah. else and you're like man i just want to hear like 10 minutes yeah, after the intro yeah. of that song yeah i think like it's one of the songs that i find myself just keep going back and because i didn't appreciate that part enough and going back and listen to it again and again and again and then end up just kind of second the second ago set the next part just skip it i'm like cool right like what's next but then again there are some actual bangers like from the 80s like um Anything by Miami Sound Machine and Gloria Estefan. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> Dr. Beat, probably not one of the strongest songs, but you could, you could probably hopefully maybe recognise that. Might have to chuck it on playlist for the next time. But um, Just in, in general, especially the more disco-based pop stuff, how intricate some of it is as well. Like, uh, obviously, that's when they discovered samples and rinsed them yeah. to shit, basically, and and... But like, at the same time, it's so, it's so tight. Like, obviously, I wasn't around at the time, so this might be a really like odd perspective. But compare it to the seventies, where everything was all loosey goosey and sort of, <laughs> you know, it's still not in a bad way, but it just was the way it was. And then you t- get to the eighties, and you've got just songs that are just so tight and so like with the drum machines and all mm. and I don't know it's such a drastic I mean you could say that with every decade no, I guess but it's yeah. true yeah yeah the sort of yeah the drum machine kind of invasion when you have yeah. when you listen to that track um, do you know the track Rock Your Baby by George McRae Woman Take Me In Your Arms Rock Your Baby yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like <laughs> yeah. that tune was written um, I think it's like, I'm, I'm probably wrong saying this I'm probably going to say the wrong year but I think it was like 1976 okay. and the yeah. guy who was part I can't remember his name so this is very vague but there's a guy involved with the songwriting and he wrote like a basic drum rhythm for, to write the song on top of on this on this drum machine and it literally he just like smashed it together in a couple of minutes and they just kept it 
they're like, yeah, no, that sounds amazing. Because it was meant, I think it was meant to then have drums recorded over it. But yeah. they just kept in this little little analog beat. And when you listen to it, like the the, the drums in that song is so minimal, yeah. especially at the yeah. start. Um, I just thought, you know, that little decision to keep in that drum machine probably in a way shaped a lot of the music that came after it and let's led into the eighties. Like you said. Yeah, definitely. Um, I bet it did. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it definitely did. Especially with like disco and all that kind of stuff. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, in terms of what I've been listening to, um, I can't even remember what I'd put on the playlist at the moment, but actually I'll tell you what is an odd one for me is Hayley Williams's new album. Yeah. That was, I was going to ask you. That was track one as well. You were straight yeah. in there. I know, cause I think it's just so good. Like, it, I'm not a Paramore fan at all. So it's not even as, as if I'm coming from this from a uh, that sort of angle. I just think it's so different. And so I heard that she was going solo and I was thinking, oh, here we go. She's going to try it. She's going for the big bucks. She's just going to, you know, pump out some, you know, very basic pop song that you know can just be played on the radio mm. and then I, yeah. I listen to some of her singles and they're, they're just really good it's like a weird mix of like it's almost got an 80s sort of vibe to it mm. but then some of her other songs have this kind of lo-fi off-kilter grooves to them and yeah no it was just yeah it's cool fair play to her for like not sticking to her roots and doing something a bit different so that's cool. And another yeah. weird thing is the layout of the album on Spotify. If you've if you've seen it, it's split into three discs. It's it's really odd. So it's three discs of five songs. I've never seen anything like it on Spotify. Mm. Um, I don't know if you if you buy the actual hard copy if it comes with in three discs. I don't know. Um, Have you had a little research into like why that's the way I it haven't, is? No, I'm um, sure. Yeah, I, I haven't. I, I should to be honest, but it was just something I, I noticed. But um, that's great, yeah. I, I'd recommend it to anyone. I think it's a really good poppy, but sort of interesting pop album. Oh, okay. Um, I did. Re- I remember seeing positive reviews about it when it came out. I didn't hear any. Of, I haven't heard any of it, but I yeah. remember it, it got a good reception so, when it came out. It's so different to what I expected in such a positive way. So, I was, cool. yeah, I loved it. It's great. Nice. Um, other than that, I've been listening to the same sort of stuff, really. Glass Ocean uh, have a new album out tomorrow, actually. Um, they're a band I've been following since the uni days, 2014. Yeah, I remember. Um, they're a big so they're, a big, yeah. didn't, the, didn't the drummer or something give you a signed... Didn't he, like, per, like personally, like, sign you something? Or, like, you he, bought something on their store, but it was, like, no, the, directly the from singer, them? Yeah, it was a singer. It was literally, yeah... He signed it and it was in his handwriting and stuff. But to be honest, I mean, I find that amazing, but he's just some bloke. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's not famous at all. No, no. To me, that's more exciting than like, I don't know, Robbie Williams or whatever signing (laughs) something for me. But um, yeah, no, they're just some like sort of 70s. I mean, they're, they're obviously a modern sort of progressive pop band with 70s surfy vibe. Like all their guitars are really clean and shimmery. And the, the guy's voice is what sells it to me. He's, he's got a really good voice. But they, yeah, they've got a new album out tomorrow. So they've had four singles out from that, al- uh, that album, which sound really cool. They're the main two that I, I wanted to mention, really. Cool. Cool. I suppose 
this is a good way to encourage us to keep listening to things and uh, come back with the stuff that we've listened to in the interim. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and we've, as a quick side, we've been doing that a little bit uh, with our little set list playlists, haven't we, Dan? I mean, I'm sure that there's many people out there that have done a very similar thing. But I suppose whenever, if you're a fan of a band or an artist, if you ever want to get like a greatest hits, like, you know, back in the day, they would release like a greatest hits kind of CD or whatever. The, I always found that the ordering of those of those tunes are just rubbish because yeah. they're kind of all over the place. Yeah, like they just spammed it out. They just spammed yeah. it out. And like, yeah, there's a little bit. They've obviously put a little bit of structure in it. But in general, like it's sort of just like, hey, these are the singles we released and enjoy them. And it's like, OK, I'll, I'll do my best. But yeah, with these playlists, I suppose it's been quite therapeutic to kind of be able to put your favourite songs of them in an order that would flow really well also at a gig. Um, so it's kind of like if you were that band or a super fan of that band, what would be a great order to listen to like their, their songs in? And yeah. what better order than how you would lay, lay it out in a live performance, you know, because a live performance is an experience and you don't want to, you know, start with a song that isn't going to be a very good start. But I suppose as a, ca- a caveat to that is, are you going as a new person that doesn't know the band or are you going as a diehard? I suppose in our playlist that we've been doing, Ricky, that I feel like we've done a mixture of both. Oh, definitely. I mean, I would say the ones... So, I mean, we've done probably about five between us, haven't we? And we've kind of swapped, so we've we've listened to them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, I mean, at, at least from my point of view, and I think you're the same... Uh, the songs that we've chosen haven't necessarily been our, all of our favourites because A, it's probably impossible to get them all into one playlist and B, yeah. we've tried to be semi-realistic with it as well mm. in that, yeah, they would definitely play their main single, for yeah. example. Yeah, yeah. So that's got to be it. Whether you like it or not, whether you think it's, you know, a sellout song or whatever, it's you've got to chuck that in there. And also the, like, the positioning of it. Like, I would love you know i'm not going to name a band but x band for example to to end on this really unusual unique song of theirs but mm. they will probably end on one of their most popular ones so it's it's been fun getting that balance right and then when you listen back and you're like yeah this really flows this is this is ace like it's really just heightened my enjoyment of that artist mm. with whoever i've been doing it for i suppose what the one feature that spotify doesn't have which would be amazing but also it wouldn't really work on spotify is being able to put in like you know footnotes where an on an encore would come in yeah you know like oh this, <laughs> this is, is like this designed is, specifically yeah, for us this track is yeah this track is like yeah. the end of the main set but this is like you know track one of encore one and then track one of encore two if there is one yeah. uh yeah i wonder but, if there's a site that does that no yeah, I, no. I mean the only it's not really the same thing but that you know there's setlist.fm yeah that's great tells you and, but, but there's I, a little thing that can link that. you can literally click the playlist and it sends all those tunes into a playlist on spotify oh does it? you can that's you cool. can link it up yeah but yeah. it doesn't it doesn't then include like what they've described no. as being an encore which is a yeah, mighty yeah. shame yeah definitely but, you know, that, that's been good fun definitely. absolutely and it's you know obviously there's no gigs around at the moment so uh you know 
that's the closest thing you're going to get really it has been like yeah a way of enjoying music sort of making your own imaginary set list for this band in a time where you can't go and see bands live has been quite a fun exercise definitely um but they have been doing some streaming bands haven't they in light of the i mean actually this is a massive topic in itself but um obviously i want to pick your brains about this dan uh, because you obviously work at you know a, a ticket company so what's it been like um with lockdown and everything in terms of how <laughs> that side of the industry's even looking i know it's it's weird because when when things stopped everything at the company went crazy because everything needs cancelling <laughs> uh and lo- and like you know five million people want refunds and all that kind yeah. of stuff and or or you know there's i'm also going to the gig i was meant to mystery jets they uh i think they were meant to play in april this year maybe it was earlier but anyway before we had the whole covid19 thing i don't know why i said specifically covid19 we all know what covid is um (laughs) the lead singer got really ill so they 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 postponed it once and then they were like right we're back We'll, we'll see you we'll see you next time then covid happened and then they rescheduled it again and then i think a couple of weeks ago they've rescheduled it again so literally i've got my ticket just sitting on my windowsill not on my windowsill on my bedside cabinet it's literally just turned to parchment <laughs> like, yeah i don't imagine. think the barcode is going to be scannable anymore i'm surprised they didn't just refund it and you no, know well, they, well, i don't know i mean, I mean obviously you want to go when when you can but this, this is what's strange so i think there's hope there's there has to be hope that these events will go will go ahead eventually um so instead of, and i think most people that have bought tickets want to go i think there are a lot of people out there that don't want to refund you know if it's possible that the event will go ahead you know in in 6 months or whatever then they'll happily um keep hold of their tickets but yeah i mean the majority of things are being cancelled and artists are obviously, you know, the main revenue stream for artists these days is getting out there and selling tickets and playing live, you know, because everything is done on, is you know, no one really buys as many records as they used to. You know, we've just been talking about yeah. just listening to everything on streaming sites, you know, that's just the way it is now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, these these artists and bands have you utilize modern technology and have, have been taking advantage of going online and doing streams. And it's, it's been quite an interesting thing to be an account manager because obviously at work I was in, I'm in the, the, the sports team. Obviously there's no sports about at the moment. Um, but our, our department have taken, um, have taken on a lot of these live streams. Um, and they've been really successful. Like, and what's, what's really nice about them as well is, a lot of artists are, uh, are, are capitalizing, not capitalizing, they are um, enhancing their own image by what they want to show on the visuals. So, for example, we, um, Nick Cave, you know, Nick Cave in the in Nick Cave in the Bad Seeds, he literally did a gig, a live stream. He went to Alexandra Palace in London, beautiful, like beautiful venue, and just sat on a grand piano, like in the middle of the floor with like these spotlights coming down on him, like from all sides. And it was amazing. Like the spectacle and like it, it, it just worked. Um, 
and so I suppose what what's so what is good is they the imagery that they can put up enhances the performance even if you can't be there. Um, the other one was the streets. They did one where uh, Mike Skinner was like they did it in a venue, but they made the venue into a bit like a theatre. So they had like some songs where. Mike Skinner was sitting in like a fake greasy spoon calf, like rapping away, like in the corner of his grease. And then he would go on and it'd be like, he's behind the bar, like pouring pints while he's rapping, you know, in a, in a fake pub. Um, it was just a bit of a laugh and it was, but it was wicked, you know, like it's about 15 quid, you know, it, it varies depending on like the level of the artist, but you get quite a good de- deal for your cash basically. And, um, I think it will stick even when live events come back these streams are going to stick around and not just be a replacement for the for the present it will it's been an experiment that's kind of worked so it will just be another way for artists to make a bit of cash going forward even when gigs do come back yeah definitely I I think um, it's come at a time where streaming was sort of on the up anyway Um, in my old job uh I, I mean, I, I didn't do too much personally myself, but the company dabbled in sort of live streaming, uh, you know, singers and, and bands. And it is, it was still, I mean, this was 2018 where we started doing it and it was really new then. I mean, obviously the, the software, like Facebook Live has been around, but, get, but you know, people weren't doing it professionally. It was, it was linking all the microphones up, the cameras and, and making it, you know, obviously these big TV companies can do it live at football matches and, and, and like Glastonbury and all sorts like that. But like you saw more companies on a smaller scale doing it. Mm. Um, so it's kind of a good thing that that has, you know, had time to sort of flourish and the sort of iron out the creases a bit mm. for, for this now. Um, but yeah, like it, I, I agree with you. I think it would be, very strange if they just stopped doing it. I, I have a feeling even if gigs were going on, there would have come a point, maybe not straight away, but within the next year or so, mm. where this would become more and more popular as a side thing anyway. Yeah. Because it's great. Like people, Biffy Clara did one recently. I didn't watch it, but they, they basically have just released a new album. And obviously, we did they that. Play. We did that at our, our place. Oh, you did the um, the gig. Yeah, yeah I should yeah. I should have uh, should have hit you up. To be honest, I totally forgot. <laughs> oh, to be honest, I, I was I think I was doing something that night, but I would have got a ticket. But um, they did the whole album from start to finish. Like, that's great. Like, what what bands do you know really? Is like would just play their album live from start to. You'd love that. I mean, you'd normally go and see them, and they might play a couple, three songs, the bigger ones. Maybe yeah. I'll throw an odd one in there, mm-hmm. but. To hear an album played live, recorded professionally from start to finish with great, like, visual quality is... People loved it. I mean, I was reading the comments. I'm not a massive Biffy Clara fan anymore, but people were saying that was, like, mind-blowingly good and they Mm. just got to sit at home, drink beer, eat popcorn, like, not even leave the house and just watch this amazing gig on TV. Mm -hmm. That's Yeah, Yeah. it's great. I'm I'm someone that basically... I, I love watching bands play live from a um just from a like a fellow musician type of thing you know I, I like seeing just it as like an art form being played out but i also absolutely detest going to live shows mm. um I'm, i've just kind of riddled with social anxiety and all that kind of stuff but i i end up not having a good time and not being able to focus on the music so obviously I've, you know it's the same as you guys i'm kind of being able to sit in the comfort of my own home 
yeah. and watch these new live performances um has been like great because yeah i, I haven't got to deal with the um <laughs> well for me the um negative side side of it so yeah, i mean yeah. I, I i get as you say if, if it's kind of more of a i guess as with anything really like, even the way businesses are working in general like people working from home and mm. they're realizing okay cool the company's working just as well with you know 90 percent of staff working at home and i'm guessing it must be the same uh, i don't know dan you probably better kind of talk more on that in terms of actual kind of revenue generated from ticket sales from like a band or a management of a, of a band's point of view would you say could you see it kind of getting up to the point where it was when it was a regular live show because i'm assuming there's a lot less overhead, not overhead. Um, yeah, I guess like money being paid out in terms of like hiring of a venue and the and like the security and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, I I can't speak in terms of what the the sales the sales people do and what, yeah. how the contracts are devised. Um, all I know is tickets are a lot cheaper, so there's less to go around, even though there's a lot less to cover. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think I think in ratio. Um, I don't know. I think you're. I think you're right in terms of venue hire and 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 marketing. Like, obviously, things things still need marketing online and stuff. But in general, um, I don't know. I, I just this is where it goes. This is where it's it's confusing, really, because obviously there's st- there's so many people at the moment that are un- are becoming unemployed because of it. I don't know whether you saw. Yeah. Um on the news i think yesterday there was that guy who is the set the, the head sound engineer for the phantom of the opera yeah um and he's basically was saying like you know this isn't like some niche thing that people do this is like an actual this is a huge like industry to be in and it's kind of gone i think the artists are probably still doing all right out of it with these streams but i'm not sure if anyone else is <laughs> yeah um but that's not that's not an expert uh, that's not an expert opinion coming back at you that's just what i no, sure, Im- yeah. imagine is happening um no yeah it's a fair point because i think as you say like obviously you you probably know more than me but um from what i can sort of gather yeah the the artists are fine there and you know maybe the labels are fine because you know they've still got streams their standard streams coming through i mean yeah it's pennies isn't it it's not even pennies spotify <laughs> like pennies, yeah. <laughs> zero zero two eight or zero yeah it's yeah ridiculous stupidly cheap but you know when you're a big band and you've got that and then you've also got merch you've got um physical copies and then you've got your live streams and you know sponsors all that stuff mm. that's okay mm. But then it's the venues that are struggling isn't it with you know there's yep. been so many venues that have been closing down because yeah they haven't adapt well they can't adapt you know some venues just they can't cope and i think that's will probably be hit the hardest from all this uh yeah i mean it was the first thing to stop and it will it's it'll be the last thing to start up again yeah. yeah it's crazy but just as a a side thing what i quite have enjoyed about this whole thing is how it's a kind of going off on one with um so if, if there's a band that I love, for example, I personally would go and buy the, I would go and buy a physical copy on vinyl. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't make a habit of it because vinyl is, it's an expensive thing. You know, it's like 25 quid. So if it, it's got to be a band that I absolutely like love, yeah. but 
with you know I was I was saying I've been listening to Doves recently their new album is coming out and I'm like well psyched to get my my limited edition red fucking double <laughs> double gatefold vinyl yeah. with like a signed print or whatever and it's just like yeah it's one of those things where you can't replace you can't ever replace that no um no. there's something there's something that tactility with those kinds of things that just make it better the whole experience better and like i said most things i will just listen to online but every now and again you gotta you know if you've got if you've got a bit of cash lying around you can find a, a couple of quid down the side of your sofa it's always nice to get yourself a little a, you know a bit of memorabilia almost you know because yeah, this thing if you look after this stuff, this is the sort of stuff that's going to end up in your will. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like a, it's a, it's, an, it's a, an emotional investment when you do that kind of thing. So I suppose it's almost like why people sometimes keep their tickets when they go to gigs. It's a bit of a, something to remember with. Yeah. Um, it's not quite the same when it's an e-ticket and you print it off. <laughs> no, exactly. Well, I don't, I don't know how that's going to go going forward either, you know, with, with, with people being so worried with about touching stuff and, Oh, I don't. Yeah. I don't even know whether physical tickets are even going to be a thing soon. Like I don't know. I'm obviously, I don't know whether that. I'm not saying that like I know. It's all very much up in the air. But I think. I think going forward, there will be stuff where you, it'll. It will just all be scanned off your phone. Yeah, QR code scan. Like if it's going to happen at any point, it's got to be now, isn't it? When, yeah. when there's actually yeah. health, you know, health issues of handing stuff over yeah but as you say the the, the difficult thing is is that these gigs are going to be the last to start because it's so many people in one space Mm. um well who is that guy um is it frank ocean all right he did a uh gig in london a social distance gig and there was like 250 people at this venue there were there was seats and there are tables and apparently it was great. But oh, Frank Turner. Frank Turner. Not yeah. Frank Turner. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say Frank I always, Ocean. I always get those mixed up. <laughs> I was going to say, like, how do, they, how do they get him? How do they get him out? No, no, that's Frank cool. Turner. Yeah. And, but yeah, no. And, and but like, they, they, they didn't break even at all. They were so. Um, yeah. Yeah. They, they made, they lost so much money. I mean, it was great that they tried it, but it's not a viable thing. It's not a viable thing. No. No, they got a. They got to pull their fingers out, figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I know. If, uh, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? But it's going back to what you were saying, though, Kyle. You know, when it, with things like Glastonbury, personally, taking Glastonbury as an example, I have no intention of ever going to Glastonbury Festival. You know how there's a lot of people out there fancy it. They're like, right, I'm going to try oh, yeah. and get tickets for Glastonbury this year. It's going to be wicked, mate. I'm well excited just to see it on the telly. You know, yeah, yeah, same like, like, yeah. I would love watching all the set lists on the telly. Just red button. Like, <laughs> red button it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know that's, you know, I'm not really kind of helping the economy by doing that. But it, sometimes it's nice just to chill and not have to worry about getting there and, you know, spending yeah. about 200 quid on beer and all that kind of stuff. Sometimes it's nice to get a multi-pack from Tesco's and <laughs> sit in your pants and watch it at home. <laughs> I've just heard horror stories from both Reading and Glastonbury that I just wouldn't want to go. Um, My girlfriend's brother went to Reading and um, he was next to someone. And on the first night or the first day, this is before like anything had started, you know, like there was 
obviously Reading are renowned for how bad their toilets are. Um, yeah. But obviously this was the first day, so this is before there was a giant shit pile. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but this guy got out of his tent in the morning and just took a dump outside his tent. Uh-oh. Like, this is on the first day, like when you could have just gone to the toilet. Yeah. And it's just like, you, just then you've got to live there with festering that. for the next for, four days or whatever. Yeah, and Gross. it's just that, I can't deal with that. No. Like, I'm no. not a clean freak at all, but I'm going for the music and I want to enjoy the music. I don't want to worry that I've, you know, stood in someone's human shit when, you know, getting out of my tent in the morning. And just, it just sounds a bit, a bit grim. Um, he could have at least done it. He could have at least done it in a bag and then, like, <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah. and then gone and disposed of the bag. Like, that's borderline, but that's mildly more acceptable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like when you got exactly. to go, you got to go. And to be fair, yeah, the toilets are grotesque. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, if you're just taking a dump straight on the on the floor, then that's yeah, that's not that's grim. That, you can't be having that. <laughs> Have any of you been to any festivals like big big festivals? I got dragged up to download, and the compromise that we we went for the day. Okay, because I I really didn't want to go. Um, yeah. I had a good time, um, but then it just got to the point where I was just like, uh, I'm tired and I'm, and I'm cold, and I've got a long journey back. But um, I did get to see Linkin Park play the entirety of, uh, is it Meteor? 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 I was getting mixed up between that and the Domino's, from Domino's the, first, the Meteor. <laughs> first, so... Me, me, was, Meteor, is that? Yeah, yeah. Is, is yeah. The, second, the second album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so Meteor, so, yeah, yeah. They, they played that in full. Um, yeah, yeah, quite thankful that I actually, I actually kind of did stay and was thankful got kind of dragged up there. Um, so you saw Chester? Yes. Mm, yeah. That's nice. What year was this? Man, 2000 and I want to say f- uh, 2014. So did they play, did they play Meteora in its entirety? Yes. So it was probably the 10 year anniversary. Oh yeah. Which, then, which yeah, would that. have been 2013. Because I think the album came oh, out in 2003. But they might have been running over into the summer of the following yeah. year with it. But yeah. But yeah, yeah. That, makes, yeah, so that sounds about right. That was amazing. Honestly, the, the second that finished and they started playing some, some of their newer stuff, literally three quarters of the, of the crowd, including myself, just got up and walked. Oh, um, but I mean, I mean, we had to kind of get like kind of lifts back and stuff so that, that did kind of suck but I was, I was just like I just, I, just, I just want to stay here just like for that yeah that's fair I, I did overcommit I um, I had to just wear a band shirt and the only one that had available was a no effects one that I got in like 2007 and hadn't worn since and the amount of people that come up to me, oh yeah, man, FX. I'm just like, and start talking about albums and stuff, and I'm like, yeah, cool, yeah, man, FX, <laughs> the great. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> like, hadn't listened to them in like 13 years or, or how, how long it would have been then. Yeah. But, um, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, to be honest with you, with me as well, I'm, I've been pretty lazy with festivals. In my life in my life, like I've been to, I've been to Latitude Festival three times, and yeah, I've been yeah. to. Rock Virtue in Belgium. Oh, that that that's a great one. Yeah, I went. I'd, I'd, I would want to go there. So I, yeah. I was meant to go for, for for the full weekend, but then it. I realised it clashed with something that I had already got tickets to, which was the Maccabees' last ever gig. So the the Maccabees gig was on the second day of the festival. So we had to skip the first two days of Rock Virtue, go and see the Maccabees, which was amazing, and then get on the Eurostar the next day. <laughs> And go for the last day 
um, of Vogue Verster, which which was still amazing. Like I saw the lineups they get are insane. It's, I it's, swear it's, down, it's, it's the best lineup every year for for I'm everything. I'm sure, like Belgium are just sitting there, like right, we need to do something. <laughs> like, we need to be known for something. Yeah, like chocolates are wearing a bit thin these days. <laughs> with all you know, like. Like their head, bit of casual racism there, so. just for a bit of you know, some love. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, mate, it was yeah because the last day there was um, there was soul wax, which which were incredible. Yep. Warp yeah. war paint, the avalanches, Foo Fighters. I think Lincoln Park were there, but I miss we missed them, and that would have been Chester's. I think it was like the week before he died. Jeez. I think it was 2017. It was July 2017. Yeah, it was literally up right at the end. But yeah, I missed it. But that's, you know, it's not the end of the world. That last album wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that alone, that that's a lineup for like three days, headlines yeah. there. Yeah, in yeah, one yeah. day. It's mad. Yeah. Um, but I have, to say, I have to say that the best band I've ever seen at a festival was Soul Wax. And I don't even really? know them very well, but they were just amazing. Like there are two, no, three drummers on stage the the light show was incredible. Like I don't even know any of their songs, but like the, the just the, the yeah. experience of just being there was just I've never known anything quite like it. And I, I saw them at the really? they they played at Latitude as well, um, which is mainly what I'm kind of reminiscing about. Um, and I I was going to go see the I wanted to go and see the National, which who were playing on the main stage. I am so glad that my mate Ben <laughs> made me go. He was like, "No, we should go and see Soulwax. I, I think they're going to be quite good." And I was like, "All oh, <laughs> right, yeah, all right then, yeah, let's go and see, let's go and see Soulwax." And like the National, you know, I don't know whether you're too up on them. I do like them, but compared to that, I'm so glad I didn't see the National. <laughs> like it was yeah, the best uh, thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Ricky? Have you done many festivals? Uh, do you know what? No, um, it depends what you class as a festival. Because if you're talking like a proper festival, <sighs> I guess I've been to one, um, okay. which was, it was completely out of my comfort zone as well. <laughs> it, was, it was a punk festival in Hyde Park. You know, uh-huh. Hyde Park goes, I don't know what it was called. It was 2017. Uh-huh. Um and it was a punk festival. They had Green Day headlining. Um, <laughs> oh right! And they had oh they had the. Uh, it wasn't the. It wasn't like the summer the summer series yeah, or was, whatever it was. It was, but it was a yeah it was that. But it was the punk day. There was ah. like another day where like Friendly Fires and stuff were playing. Oh sweet. Um, yeah. But um, I didn't go to that one. Um, they had uh, like stiff little was it stiff little fingers they had and like yeah Green Day headline they had the Stranglers on is it Stranglers I was getting mixed up with these bloody name who sings Golden Brown yeah Stranglers Stranglers yeah yeah um, <laughs> that that was so shit Golden Brown like they needed to like it's a good song but they need to pack it in man like they were so out of time and just. It was like, just, you know, hang your boots up now. But no, I mean, but um, yeah, I mean, it it was hit and miss. It wasn't really the music. Chloe likes Green Day, so we went to see them. They were good. They're a very good live band. It's not really my music, but um, yeah, no, you can't fault them for like their stage presence. No, I bet they were good. It's just a shame that only two of their albums are worth listening to <laughs> yeah and i tell you what though uh, boulevard of broken dreams live yeah. is absolutely insane yeah, i think yeah. it's because it's not a punk song it's got it 
breaks off into this massive wah solo at the end and it's just this huge and it's like why do you do this all the time why are you singing like American Idiot and stuff when you could be doing this because obviously there's like six of them on stage and they're only a three piece normally Um, but I'll tell you what at that gig there was a band called Go Google Bordello Go Go Bordello I don't know how you pronounce it there's some Romanian gypsy band basically yeah or that's what they portray themselves as and they were absolutely insane they were mad they had there was like 10 of them on stage um, dancing around like with this weird sort of Eastern European punk music. <laughs> there were like girls with massive drums smacking these drums. And it was like, I don't remember any of the songs, but I just remember like just kind of like being hit in the face by all of this and being like, this is amazing. But like, yeah, like I don't think it's music I'd listen to in headphones, but as a live experience, mm-hmm. it was it was good. That's um, fair. But then you had like the hives there and they were shocking. They were just... I don't even know the hive. Yeah, I know that's that, the like, hate to say I told you yeah, so. That, that's yeah, that's basically, that was the gig. It was like, we've got two songs that people know. Let's drag them out as much as we can. And they kept like telling jokes between their songs and doing pointless <laughs> shit. And it was like, come on. Talking of that. But yeah, that wasn't good. The, who's that band? What's the band called that did Teenage Dirtbag? Uh, Weezer, not Weezer, Weetus. Weetus. Weetus, so, yeah. I th- I th- if my memory serves me correctly, they played at um, my girlfriend's end of year, like, ball thing at uni. It was like the, 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 the prom, I think it was, basically. And they yeah. played, and this is this is in Farnham in Surrey, like a little town. <laughs> like, Weetus came along. And I think they played, like, Teenage Dirt about, like, five times. Oh, that's just that's cringe, isn't it? Yeah, like, I mean, it's a. Ch- I mean, uh, I'm a. I'm a secret a admirer of that. That sus two chord at, and at the end is. Just I remember. Insane. I remember the day we handed in our dissertation, and we yeah. were in Pop World, and yeah. we were all a bit drunk, and that song came on, and I just remember us being like, "This is the best song ever." <laughs> yeah, there's a time and a place, yeah, yeah. and I think that is that is a good sure. time and a good place to be a bit smashed in a place that you don't really want to be. But Wheatus makes things better. Exactly, yeah. 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 But yeah, I mean, that's the only festival I've been to. I I went to see Foo Fighters in 2011. Uh, That was a semi festival. It was at Milton Keynes Bowl. There was like a few bands playing. Um, But yeah, I still wouldn't really count that as a festival. Um, But yeah, that's it, really. I've I've not actually been to many gigs. Um, I'm a bit like Kyle. I tend to love the idea and then when it comes to like getting the tube into london i'm always like i don't know if i want to i would prefer to drive down to brighton and go to a gig there which i've done a few times uh and rather still like you said dan as much as it's not necessarily good for the economy or the music industry i would love to just sit at home and watch glastonbury on tv and have a shower and get into the bed <laughs> and yeah. use a working toilet make a cup of cocoa yeah yeah, yeah. to be honest yeah I, I i quite like a gig but but yeah it's a- you can't beat it when you're there and it's good um like it, there's nothing else like it um i'm obviously very i guess all three of us must be a bit like this because we do come from a sort of a production background like it, the sound really matters to me live like yeah. when it's a bit off i notice and i'm like hmm this could be better yeah and, and i know obviously it depends on where you are in the room sometimes like for example dan when we saw Stephen wilson 
um, we were right at the back and he was very good but like the sound wasn't it was good and he was great to watch as a, as a live show of all the visuals but the sound yeah wasn't amazing amazing like, it didn't blow me away no and, it was at the as Royal Albert Hall a, to be, as well, to be fair. Exactly. I, I think and that's notoriously bad for sound. Yeah, probably because of the, the dome shape. But what I did enjoy about that gig is sitting down with a pint and just watching it, whereas I'm used to standing and normally the tallest fucking bloke in the room stands in front of me. Yeah. And I just spend most of the gig just pissed off at the back of his head. Like, <laughs> oh, but yeah. yeah. No, no, absolutely. For me, it's people with phones. People oh, film yeah. the... Yeah. Like, are you really ever going to watch that again? And it's like, mate, it's, it always sounds shit. Yeah. It always will sound shit when you yeah. watch it back. But it's, it's, it's just like... Like I don't, I you know, if you're taking a picture, if you want to whip your phone out and take a quick picture, that's cool, no problem. Like everyone should do it. It's a little memento of the night. But when people are literally watching the gig through their phone, it's just oh, like, yeah. mate, you've spent like thirty quid for this ticket. You've probably spent another ten, fifteen on transport, and you've probably spent another twenty at the bar. So why do yeah. you want to watch the gig for a little window? Of, like I just don't get it, man. I don't get it. I'm an old man. You know, I think we're all, no, I, know. I, I don't. I, the thing is, I don't even. One side of it is, yeah, enjoy what's in front of you, and and don't look at it through a phone. Appreciate and just soak it all in. And B, it always just sounds awful. Like it, it gets. Yeah. Do you know, as a kid, when I was growing up, I thought I used to think bands sounded bad live before I went to a gig because all I ever heard was badly recorded footage of bands playing live, and I used to think, God, why, why do people go and see them? because they just sound shit yeah. um, and then like obviously you go to your your gig I think the first gig I went to was Block Party nice. um, but I mean that's beside the point but yeah you, you go to your first gig and you're like oh right yeah they actually are good yeah yeah. that was actually one of the first gigs that I went to was Block Party down in uh, Brighton actually. I saw um, Bournemouth it might, what, what uh, year? 20 I want to say uh, 2009 or 2010 I broke yeah, my foot tour. Um, the morning of and went to A&E and got it like, well, broke my foot, I broke my toe. <laughs> um, and then still like traveled down there on the uh, train and um, stood in the crowd and stuff. I was just like, I want to see Block Party. There was another band that I saw there. Foles were supporting oh, Block Party. No way. At that time when no, Foles, I... in my opinion, were actually good. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. That must have been, I saw them in 2009 and... Uh... They had another band, they had a band called Grammatics supporting them, which was I actually like more. Was that yeah, the yeah, Intimacy yeah. album? Oh, man. Yeah, that was um, Intimacy, yeah. The third one. It was good. Um, I felt a bit out of my depth. I was quite young in 2000. I was only, what, 15? And I got split up with my friends straight away because indie gigs are absolutely brutal. Like, of all the gigs I've been to, mm. I saw Enter Shikari live, like, in 2011. <laughs> And that wasn't even as bad as Block Party. Like, Block Party was savage. There were people leaving the room with piercings, like, bleeding. Because I swear, just <laughs> yeah. people that, they get, you know, it's it's just that crowd. They love it. They get really into it. And it gets quite violent sometimes, yeah. I guess. But, um, yeah. so I've, I've, I agree with you, Rick. I always, I always found indie gigs to be the heaviest of them, of, the, of them all. I think it's it's almost like the lighter they sound on the record, the heavier they are when they're played <laughs> live. Like everything's yeah. turned up, everything's like more being played harder. And I think there's like more scope for bands just to, 
just go for it live and it's just yeah yeah people just Whereas get the fuck on it yeah i've seen some heavier bands live like um arcane roots mm. they're quite a heavy band nothing like, but i mean obviously people were still like getting into it but mm. like i wasn't getting kicked in the face or anything yeah. like it's just bizarre how, yeah. how um I, yeah i saw kill switch engage <laughs> um yeah. and it was pretty chill <laughs> yeah it is yeah and they're yeah. like I guess it's the crowd as well. Like, metal core. I mean, I don't want I don't want to like generalize, but I think a lot of people, especially at that time, a lot of people that like block party were sort of young, um, no, energetic, definitely people that like wanted to just get into it. You know, they wouldn't dream of going to a seated gig or whatever, and they'd want to yeah. stand, like, have a few beers or whatever, and and just have fun. Whereas, yeah, you go and see someone like Stephen Wilson, who's a musical snob. And like everyone, that whole gig was seated. Like even the even the standing area, he'd put seats in because like it was it was so like, no, you're gonna sit down and watch yeah. it like a show. It had a bloody interval that show. Oh, no. Like it, it's yeah, it's completely different vibe. But I like both. I love both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they've all got their place. Well, it's been good, guys. I'm, I'm, I've enjoyed this and. Uh, you know, thanks. It was all Ricky's idea, really. Um, so <laughs> yeah. nice on Ricky for you know getting us on and just That's being able right. just no, to talk about music and stuff. It's been good. I mean, moving forwards, we're obviously finding our feet at the moment. So this has just been like one massive, like explosion of just different stuff going on. But it might we might sort of get more of a structure. We don't know. It's early days, but we're just going to keep. We're going to be doing this on a bi-weekly basis. Um, and just you know see what happens yeah. basically cool yeah, yeah cool sounds like a plan but yeah, so yeah so thanks for listening anyone out there listening um, you've been listening to the Really Truly Music Podcast episode one see you soon see you later see you later